Are we ready? Yeah. Yes, we are. Well, and as we know, last month was really provocative in terms of inviting our passion. So, lonely know where that's going to go today. So now, in honor and respect for ourselves, I invite each of us to do this conscious breath, this deep personal breath that flows in to you. This is a breath that's deep and conscious. And with that breath, we invite the energy to flow. When we breathe deeply, we can hear our body say, I choose life. So breathe that in deeply and breathe out with just as much passion, breathing at the pace that works for each of us. So breathe and give yourself to true self permission to truly open to this experience because that it is a personal experience for each and every one of us. So breathe deeply with all your senses, breathing, feeling, and allowing. The music is going to start, and that music will guide us into the, the channel with Adamus. But I invite you, as this music plays, to truly breathe in the music Feel it. Sense it. So breathe and celebrate who you are, each of us. Breathe and feel. Breathe and sense. Breathe. Takes you through the pain and love for life. 
Sovereign Domain. Welcome to the gathering. For those of you who made it back, welcome back. <laughs> I'm always amazed. Always amazed. <laughs> I don't know if it's your stubborn, tenacious, or have nothing better to do on a Saturday afternoon than to be here, but welcome back, dear friends. There's a sign in the Ascended Masters Club, as a matter of fact, right when you walk in the door, and the sign says, I gave up everything and expected nothing in return except myself. Every Ascended Master, every Ascended Master goes through a type of spiritual puberty where they give up everything. Oh, and it's not just the money or the goods or car, your house, your job, your family. But when it really gets down to it, what you really give up is everything that you knew to be of yourself. One of the most challenging things you or any other awakening human will ever do, certainly because there is always the desire to build on this personality, to build on yourself. You do it through things like your, your wardrobe, your job, your 
your status in the community, uh, your relationship with yourself, always trying to define yourself in an interesting and new way. But ultimately, it all comes tumbling down, or it's torn apart, or you gracefully release it, gracefully. And that's what I hope we're going to be doing in our next series, this series, which I'll share the name with you in a moment. I'll let the anticipation build a little bit. But indeed, there is that whole going beyond personality. The mind can't fathom it. It can't. The mind tries to justify it in a way by saying, OK, I'm going to be a little bit less of me. Well, you can't be one way or the other. The mind says, I'm going to get rid of my bad habits. Well, you're going to discover, and I'm on record. Uh, saying this, you're going to discover that actually your bad habits have really served you quite well. It's your good habits that I worry about. <laughs> Truly. Those are the habits. Those are the things that you do that you're righteous about, that you defend, that you hold on to. And even when I try to take them from you, even when I try to kick them out of you, you hold on to them. Your bad habits, of course, uh, you don't like. Uh, you, you try to get rid of, you try to overcome. Uh, they're your own battlefields of power within yourself. Thank you. Uh, so it, it's not the bad habits that I worry about. It's what you consider your good habits, the building blocks of your esteem, your personality. You're in a very funny <laughs> – funny to me – funny uh, shifting away from what you would call your personality, your identity into something that's like a big abyss. It's not. But you have, to, you have to approach it as the abyss. You have to approach it without knowing what comes next. Otherwise, your personality is going to try to grab onto it and mold it into the image that it would like to have of itself. And as you've discovered, that image that you would like to have of yourself is pretty unobtainable. Pretty unobtainable. Uh, but yet you keep trying to obtain it. You keep trying to go for it. I can tell you right now – and this, is, this message, obviously, for you, not for the outside world – you're not going to be able to obtain it, so stop trying. That's why I'm not a fan at all of goals and plans and programs. Those are for the mortals. <laughs> and when I say mortals, I'm not talking about the physical body. I'm talking about I'm talking about those who hold on to an illusion, let's say a perception of what life is and where they fit into it. And really that's what so much of people's life is, trying to fit in, constantly asking that question, where do I fit in? How do I fit in? And that dreaded question of the ages, who am I? Don't ever ask that again. Ah, the minute you feel it coming up from within you, that who am I question in whatever iteration that you put it in, whatever form you put it in, the moment that you feel that coming, take a deep breath and I am that I am. Shut up. <laughs> Let's begin today's session with a bit of an update on Sam. Oh, Sam, it's been 15 years for the Crimson Circle. I hear. And oddly enough, 15 years for Sam. Now, isn't that a coincidence? Or not? No, not one bit. So Sam is 15 years old now. 
Imagine for a moment what it was like when you were 15. And that's the bad I was talking about before. <laughs> Such a challenging age to be 15. You're in between everything. You're not yet an adult, but you're not a child. You're not old enough to drive, but you look stupid riding a bike. <laughs> you don't have the skills or, or even the wisdom yet to handle life, but you're trying. Uh, as I'm hearing Calder say right now, at that age he thought he knew everything, huh? like so many of you. The parents knew nothing. He thought he understood cool, <laughs> and the parents didn't one bit. Oh, but yet such an awkward age uh, at 15 years old uh, for boys, just coming out of puberty hopefully, <laughs> and uh, for girls. Looking at boys that age and thinking they are so pubescent. <laughs> so <laughs> here Sam is 15 years old, and he's led a very interesting life. Actually, he hasn't had much of a life, because for many, many years he was nothing but a shell body. Could you imagine that? Just being a shell, just like an empty cardboard box, just waiting for somebody to put something into it and ship it off away via UPS. So <laughs> thank you. I, I, I thought you were going to have applause or laughter lights or oh, okay. So here he is, 15 years old, and uh, in that in-between state, but for so many years was just truly in that shell body, not infused with a full uh, energy or consciousness yet of uh, himself, of Tobias. Then in when he when Tobias uh, the the essence of Tobias began occupying that body, then he did start developing his own identity. But there was something always within him, a resistance to identify himself, to develop a personality like you have, always a reluctance to do anything that was going to lock him into a particular role or mode or identity to himself. Now, it's interesting to note that Sam's journey is also your journey. Uh, quite different. You weren't shell bodies. Um, some of you turned into that, but you weren't back then. <laughs> Not any of you, of course. Not any of you. <laughs> well, actually, there's a bit of truth in that, because a part of you left for a while. Uh, part of you walked a partly away, uh, and not that anything or anybody else walked in, but it was so confusing. Uh, this time of spiritual puberty, so confusing that you didn't know what to do. You literally backed away for a while. And as you did, you found out that your resources, your abundance, your, your, even your zest, your, your desire for life seemed to fade away, but you couldn't handle it. You couldn't handle doing more of the same over and over again. You knew it wasn't in resonance with you. You knew it wasn't taking you any place that you wanted to go, but you didn't know what to do. It was very much like going through puberty for, for a child, very much not knowing what to do with their body. Their thoughts are changing. Everything is changing. So, so many of you backed away. Interesting to note that you actually tried to jump in deeper. You, you tried to activate some old passion, and it just didn't work. It didn't work. There was that internal resistance that 
I, I would say, a divine intelligence within you that says, that said, this just is not going to work. And in a way, you threw your hands up, you surrendered, you became your own shell. The body was still responding. The personality was like on autopilot. It was able to function, talk. Uh, and in a way, in the autopilot mode, it kept on trying to rebuild or re-identify itself. It drove you crazy, absolutely crazy. And then you asked that question I've asked you not to ask anymore. Kept on saying, who am I? You'd sneak off into your closet late at night when you thought I was out partying in France. <laughs> and said, but who am I? Who am I? Dear God, dear anybody but Adamus, who am I? And then you'd sneak off to a reader. I know you've done it. I've seen it. I know that you were shamed in doing it. You felt guilty and miserable, and you should. But you slipped off to some sort of reader, uh, psychic, uh, anything, anything but you, uh, A-B-U, anything but you actually digging deep within yourself, because it hurt. And to a degree, it still hurts. And to a degree, I can kind of understand why you slipped off, why you cheated on me, <laughs> and went off and got a reading. Because there was a desperation. You didn't know what else to do, and you thought, certainly somebody somewhere must have the answer. And then what happened? Well, we know that story. I don't even have to create a memoir of the Master story about that, but I will. You slipped off to the reader, and you got even more messed up. You got even for a while. They gave you a bit of an identity. Oh yes, you were a princess in Egypt. <laughs> well, actually, you were, but it's besides the point. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta extract that. You never remember. It's like Men in Black. <laughs> Can't remember that. I'm... Oh, I watch your silly movies. <laughs> so you, you, they gave you a temporary infusion into the identity. You built it back up. You felt good for a few days, and then what? Whew, the big crash. The big crash. Uh, but I, I digress. We're talking about Sam, or are we talking about you? Hmm. Hmm. So Sam, 15 years old, very interesting. Never really developed a personality. Some said that he was a bit dull. Some said he was kind of boring. Some said that totally ungrounded. Uh, that he couldn't connect to anything, that he was always daydreaming. And indeed he was. He was going through a very important process within himself. He was learning skills of life, but not so well. Sam, 15 years old, not a great student. No, kind of like most of you. <laughs> Bs were considered really good. That was a day to celebrate at the house. Uh, Cs were acceptable. Not particularly book smart, but incredibly intuitive. When he gets out of his head, when he stops trying to figure out the, the structures, the pattern, stops uh, getting into the mind and into the logic, incredible. You can solve anything quickly, fast. He doesn't have to know facts and figures. At 15 years old, Sam's not interested in going to the university. He probably will for a short period of time, and then get incredibly bored with all of the, well, the boring teachings that really have very little to do with real life, real joy of life. 
not a particularly good student, but incredibly intuitive, like so many of you. The difference is Sam didn't have twenty or thirty years of programming to cover up that intuition. Sam was left relatively clean and clear. Even though his parents, uh, now divorced, were both university students, uh, they, they didn't understand Sam. Am I talking about Sam or you? Uh, they really didn't understand him, you, very well, uh, and so they, they kind of ignored him, which gave him plenty of free time on his own. It's interesting that at 15 years old now, Sam is in the waning days of his own puberty, and now we can talk about him more. We kind of left him alone uh, during these very sensitive uh, years of, of this puberty. We're going to be talking about him more and more. Uh, because he feels that deep connection with each and every one of you, just as Tobias did and still does. He feels a connection. He doesn't know what it is yet, and he doesn't care that he knows exactly what it is. He doesn't care that he knows about this thing called Crimson Circle and uh, individual Shambhara and the details, because he feels it. And that's what he's letting come up from within him. He knows there's something there. He knows that it's – I guess you could call it support, camaraderie, acceptance, compassion. He knows it's there, but doesn't know exactly where it is. But he doesn't care. And that's a very important point. He doesn't have to know the details. As a matter of fact, in a way that would take away from a little bit of the richness that he's feeling right now, because if he was to suddenly um, rediscover Crimson Circle and Chambra, uh, it would get too much into the details. But right now he's feeling the richness of each and every one of you. Yeah. Not, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, Calder is doing a little filtering here, so we're just going to knock him out. But I'm not going to be surprised at all if he starts to talk to some of you, uh, connect with some of you. He's working on a farm this summer, and he loves it. He loves working with the earth. Uh, not too many animals on the farm, uh, mostly uh, vegetables and fruits. But he loves working in that environment, getting out, touching nature, watching things grow, seeing the beauty of life. He's with some friends of his who have taken off from the, the, uh, the city, from the town, to work on the farms. And here he's finding a passion, a passion that he's never felt before, uh, his keiko. And it's not just from the plants and it's from the ground or the, the uh, camaraderie in the evenings, but he's feeling something within him, something opening up. At the same time, he's also feeling the sensuality of life. He's starting to, uh, let's say, feel that very sexual, beautiful feeling coming up with him. With, with some of his school uh, friends, uh, he's seen – many times – seen the internet and pornography, never really much cared for it. As a matter of fact, to him it's, a, it, it's confusing, actually, because he feels the energy from it. He feels the abuse and the, f and the feeding that takes place, uh, and wondering to himself, thinking to himself that 
there's such a beauty to this thing uh, of intimacy, of sexuality. But where is it? Nobody talks about it. Uh, Either sex is something that's that's, uh, evil, or uh, sex is something that's uh, forbidden, or it's in these uh, pornographic references. So he's very confused about that right now, why other humans aren't talking about sexuality in a sacred way, in a beautiful way. Now, there are some who do, of course, but in general mass consciousness it's either guilt and shame or something dark and, and decadent and energy feeding. This, along with working at the farm, is inspiring him right now to what he's going to be pursuing later in his life. Very developmental right now. Sam is tall, which you would consider handsome, but surprisingly doesn't look like either of his parents anymore. He did when he was younger, and going through this whole process of puberty. He did something quite brilliant, something that I'm asking each and every one of you to do, to give up your ancestral biology. It's not yours. It's, in, it's rented. It's uh, inherited. He never actually spent much time in his ancestral biology. He used pieces of it, attributes of it, to get birthed into a physical body. But during puberty he went through a very interesting stage where he actually released. He didn't know that this is what he was doing, but he actually, on a very uh, high level, released his ancestral biology. Still a few traces of it left, but he doesn't look like his parents. Very, very handsome, tall. Of course, the, uh, both men and women are attracted to him, and not just for physical sexuality, but because of his personality, or dare I say, lack of personality. Sam, Sam is very loving, very sensitive, but like you. He finds that things affect him. He has to shelter himself. He has to get away from things, and that's why the summer working on the farm is so ideal for him. Yes, he's had intimate relationships with uh, women. He's had, he's had sex, even though he's still quite young. <laughs> but in a very, very beautiful way, unlike – well, f- um, particularly for many of you out close my eyes for a moment, but think back when you were that age, not really having any real sensitivity or awareness. Uh, the clumsiness or the um, – oh, the rushing. Uh, the <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so Sam, Sam, again, is uh, very gifted, uh, artistic, uh, very talented but doesn't have any real outlets yet for expressing this. So the best thing that's happened to him in a long time was this summer away, the summer at the farm, where he's going to discover so many things, as so many of you did when you were that age. That's a bit of an update on Sam. We'll, we'll stay in closer touch now that he's coming out of uh, puberty. Speaking of coming out of puberty, spiritual puberty, <coughs> that so many of you are experiencing. It's awkward. You're you're coming out of uh, a very 
dense personality, a personality that was developed over many, many, many lifetimes, and now it's being dissolved away. There's resistance. You try to hold on to it in many ways. And so often, as I guess is, is, would be natural, but you want to release some things about the Self and then focus or develop other things about the Self. And basically, in spiritual, uh, in spiritual development, particularly in this part of the puberty process, uh, as, as it's coming to an end, you realize you've let go of some things, and you realize that it's like many, many, many layers of the onion, the skin of the onion, that peel off more and more and more. You get to the point of realizing you just keep peeling. Peeling away. And you say, when will this peeling away of the layers and layers and layers ever end? When you really get to that point and you're really sick of peeling things away, you're absolutely dead tired of it. That's when it all, well, you could say, blows up, dissolves, disintegrates, goes away. Now, it's a frightening process because, again, most of you got into this thinking, there are two levels that were occurring. There was an underlying inner desire for uh, you call it spirituality, the understanding of self or God, the discovery of, of the real self. You always had that underlying current, uh, but yet you didn't really realize what it was. You didn't necessarily weren't able to articulate it. You weren't able to say, well, down in the core there's this deep desire. It was justified at other levels, particularly mental, by saying, I'm sick and tired of my life. Uh, I want some things to change, or I want things to be better. So at, at another level, you were up here saying, I, I want uh, more abundance. I want uh, to be younger. I want to be smarter. I want to achieve my goals. So that's going on up here, while underneath, a deep desire just to know thyself authentically, in a real way. These two things have conflicted in a lot of ways, because the personality doesn't want to see itself destroyed, not at all. Personality wants to improve itself. It's been programmed to improve over lifetimes, programming and programming. Improve your intelligence, improve your abundance, improve your looks, improve your ability to make friends and win over people, and all these other things. So the personality, the identity, can't fathom the fact that it's actually going to dissolve away. Yet underneath there's something that says, glory, hallelujah, uh, it's time. When, are, when is this ever going to happen? When are we going to get out of this charade that we're playing? When are we going to get beyond the games and get into the authentic? Well, then the mind jumps in and says, oh yes, authentic, that's it, because your mind felt something, the personality felt authentic. And it tries then to be authentic, and it can't. It can't. And it's, it is laughable to a degree, because you're trying, to, you're trying to be authentic about something that's absolutely not authentic. Not a, it's not bad. But it's not authentic. It's not who you really are. Take a feel for yourself right now. Take a feel of yourself.
into your body, into your thoughts, into yourself. What's on the surface, what comes across to others, what's projected, not what's really on the inside, but what's projected out, is an old biology. And we're, we're very much going to be working on light body. Actually, we're not going to work on it. We're going to allow light body. You've got that. And I know some of you are very frustrated because – and take special note of this – because you're trying to do light body from your old human mind, and the two don't work together very well. You're trying to use your, your personality, your mind's concept of what the light body should be to bring in the light body. All you're doing is screwing up your old body. You're causing a conflict in your old body because you're thinking through it. You have, a, you have a concept that you're going to kind of walk about two feet off the ground and you're going to be glowing and fuzzy like a neon light on a foggy night and just <laughs> It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> nothing whatsoever. So before we can really do a lot with light body, we're going to get rid of a lot of the thoughts about what a light body is. It's interesting. You're conflicted. So we have to. I just have such a desire for a light body. I'm tired of this human body, and it's getting older by the minute, and heavier, and uh, more imbalanced. What you're feeling at a very deep level, and this is why I spoke of Keiko, the inner passion, that burning fire within. Why I spoke of it last month was because it's that Keiko, that passion, that unexplained, the unknown knowingness that's actually bringing up the light body. And then your head takes, uh, takes ownership of it and gives all the reasons why you want your light body. And I know some of you out there are already starting to write your light body books and you have no clue what it's like and you're just going to screw other people up with your misperceptions about the light body. We'll get there. And we'll get there in spite of you because there is this deep inner knowingness that that biology really isn't yours. So get rid of all the tricks and all the gimmicks and all the everything that you've thought of in this book that you're about to write and the classes you're going to give about light body. Let it go for a while until you really understand what the light body is, until you really understand and feel the Keiko, the burning, burning, burning desire. This flame of Keiko, like I said, if you're in it, if you're allowing it, it's a cool fire. Cool as it won't burn you up. It's a fire of transmutation, and the true fire of transformation or alchemy is a cool flame. But if you're standing on the outside and you're trying to manipulate it and you're trying to, uh, you're trying to hone it into your current personality, it will burn like hell. I mean, like hell, real hell. Uh, it'll burn a lot. So it's about getting into that passion and allowing it. But I digress once again. <laughs> so this light body and, and your, your biology, it's going to happen naturally. Do you understand that? It's happening naturally. That's what you've been feeling. That's why I refer to Sam now, saying that Sam isn't that smart? But oh, is he wise and intuitive in the moment, whatever you want to call it. He doesn't think, he allows. So, along the same lines of 
this uh, coming to the, to the end of spiritual puberty. There's been such an attempt to improve or develop your personality. And again, I go back to uh, the reasons why I'm not in favor of plans and programs and goals. All it's doing is uh, intensifying or densifying your personality. And there's such, a, there's such a desire by humans to do that, to identify themselves as something, with something. That's why they form uh, affinity groups. They belong to clubs and associations so they can identify. They're constantly trying to improve themselves. Well, we're going to release ourselves. And it could be scary. Well, you've, you've had plenty of experiences with that up to now. It can be scary at times. Really releasing that thing called a personality. But the personality, the, the thing you identified to, connected to, validated yourself to, was no longer valid. You realize that so often what's happening when people have to validate themselves. You know, go out there in everyday life, you're constantly invalidated by things. So you're constantly trying to validate yourself. You're trying to put the, the pieces in place, in the who am I pieces. You're a mother, or you're a father, you're an executive, or you're a taxi driver, you're uh, this age or that, you're smart, you're stupid. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether invalidating yourself, the, it, there's not a big difference between saying I'm smart and I'm stupid. At least it's a validation or an identification. Say, and I had a bad childhood, I had a good childhood, uh, I'm uh, good-looking, I'm bad-looking. It's all validation, even if it's negative validation. These are the hooks that you put into things to identify yourself. And the more you identify yourself, the more you uh, associate yourself to other things, the better you feel for a while. But then it starts to wear off, and then you come up with some new plan, program, goal, or whatever. And don't get me wrong, it's wonderful to express the creative being that you are. But sometimes these plans and programs are not as ways of expressing rather than just a way of validating, or sometimes a way of distracting yourself from yourself. We're going to go into a Beautiful time now of truly releasing the personality. I'm not talking about killing the personality or annihilating it, but releasing all of those connecting points, the validating points of who you are. Now, you probably noticed that lately there's uh, occasion, perhaps a lot of occasion, with some very interesting, intense, bizarre dreams. We try to make sense of them, and they don't make any sense at all. They're not. Prophetic dreams are not about what's going to happen in the world, going to happen to you. They're literally things that are happening in your life. You, through this process of attempting to validate your identity, you've created more and more aspects, uh, and, and you had a lot to begin with, but you've created even more aspects. And it's been interesting. The, the understanding of aspectology is very, very important. But it also gets to the point that you become a bit obsessed with it. And contrary to what uh, Tobias originally said, you've tried to control these aspects. 
like they're a bunch of puppy dogs or like they're your children. Or, or you fear them, like they have more power than you, or they have more beingness than you, perhaps a better word. Very interesting, uh, and, and uh, particularly would uh, be a very interesting spiritual psychology discussion of how the understanding of aspectology actually creates more aspects for a while, and actually creates a, I, I would say, a fear of aspects, or the Creator Being – imagine this – the Creator Being <coughs> – this would be a good sci-fi movie or book – the Creator Being, uh, starting to understand the aspects it has of itself, actually gives up power or uh, more beingness to one of the very aspects themselves, or many of the aspects. In other words, my dark aspects are par- more powerful, more beingful than me. And that happens. I've seen it with so many of you. I won't look any of you in the eye. I'll look in the camera. I've seen it happen out there. You give more beingness, more authority, more identity to some of these aspects, like they're smarter than you, or they're, they're, they're more talented than you, or gifted than you. It's an interesting uh, phenomenon, uh, because you are the Creator Being of each and every one of those aspects. Maybe there is a hidden desire or a hope to have one of them better than you, a hope that, God, I hope there's something better than this. So maybe there's an aspect who's more magnificent than I, or even in a warped and twisted way more powerful than I, so dark that it's grander than I, some sort of twisted wish that there was something greater than yourself, because you're not happy with that self. Well, because it's personality that's not yours. The body, of course, is easy to, easy to understand when I say that's not yours. You say, well, hell yeah, I look like my mother. I don't want to look like my mother. I want to look like my father. So there is almost a, a rallying around the flagpole when we talk about releasing your ancestral biology. Well, damn, it's about time. But I say that it's about time also to recognize that that personality is not really yours. Weird. Of course, the mind jumps in and says, well, whose is it then? (laughs) No one. But it's not the authentic you. It's not the real you. I've felt, I've heard your questions to yourself lately, and one of the big questions that you have is, am I authentic? Am I being real? When you were younger, particularly for those of you who had a uh, somewhat religious background, it used to be, am I being good or bad? Or if you believed in Santa Claus, am I being good or am I bad? And then now it's been replaced by, am I being real? Am I being authentic with myself? Well, of course not. (laughs) Of course not. I want you to take a look at your personality. I'm talking about the facade. I'm talking about the storefront, the window dressing. I'm not talking about the back room. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but I'm thinking about that facade that you put up. What's it based on? What's based on partly your upbringing, in other words, the environment, your, your parents and your siblings and your teachers, based on that. Not really yours. Your personality is based on a lot of reactions to circumstances in the past that you don't 
really truly perceive in their full being. We've talked about it many times. You see a sliver of what happened in the past. But you take that sliver and you put it into your personality development, you put it into yourself, and then you, you adapt that and you say, well, this is me. You take things that have happened to you in life and, and you, you just accept them without, without really understanding what happened. Or without, I should say, extracting the wisdom, stripping away fear, details, uh, trauma, and everything else, and just extracting the wisdom. We have a lot of wisdom extracting to do here. And you take things that are flying in from the outside, news, uh, you take it on as your own. Uh, and by the way, this whole process that you're going through, and thank you, Marty, for uh, the cue there. He yawned. Uh, Oh, this whole process is tiring you out, and it's boring too to talk about. Wouldn't you rather sing? But it's it's tiring you out, and then you wonder in this whole personality development now going downhill into personality uh, uh, derailment. It's it's like if you were in puberty. Remember when you were thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old? You couldn't get enough sleep. And you couldn't get enough food either, but you couldn't get enough sleep. Always tired, always feeling anemic, always feeling uh, no energy, other than occasional bursts of energy, f- energy for uh, sexual thoughts and experiences. But other than that, it was. Uh, I'm talking more to the boys. The boys are laughing. <laughs> the men, I should say, men. So right now, you're uh, particularly tired a lot. And, and then what do you do? You say, oh, I'm just getting older. So what do you do next? This is so classic. You say you sleep. No, you say what's wrong with me? Ah, what's wrong with me? I need more exercise uh, because I heard in the news or I heard some doctor say more exercise. Actually, you don't really. And when we go into light body, you're going to find a lot of that exercising is total bullshit. Uh, it really is. Say, say. No, it really is, because it's, you heard it somewhere, I've got to exercise and I have to do so many hours a week, and jeez, uh, uh, what an unjoy of life. So, so then you're like, then I have to eat different. And I, so you see what you're doing, you're building all of these attributes, the personality building. No, you're tired because you're going through spiritual puberty. It's, it's a very consuming process. You're getting rid of all that crap you've been dragging around for a long time that is not yours. It's not your personality. When you go home tonight or when you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, please, because that body is not yours. And that personality? And I should be cheering now in just a moment, but it's not yours. <laughs> Thank God. It's not. It's not. Now, it brings up a lot of points. So what is your personality? Well, that's why I talked about Keiko last month, the passion. Uh, and, and, and secondly, you don't need to be identifying things with things anymore. You don't have to say, I'm a 42-year-old uh, male that's uh, uh, six feet tall and has such and such an education. Those things are not important. They're really not. They're not important in where we're going. They're fun to play with when you realize that they're just toys. They're really fun to play with. And that's when you get into true acting, and you slip into the act of whatever you want to be, and then you slip out of it. 
But right now, you don't believe you're acting. You believe this is real. You're trying to find more authenticity. Keep hearing that coming from, from the deeper parts of you. Am I being authentic? Am I being real? Am I being genuine? That's coming up over and over and over again. You're not. You're not at all. <laughs> and that's the good news. So that leaves a big empty space, like, wow, what am I going to do? What am I going to fill that with? How am I going to be me? Isn't it interesting in the whole quest to be you, we're going to take you away from you, so you can really understand who you are. So much of this just a facade. Wonderful things about it, don't get me wrong. Wonderful things, but you've got to realize it's a game. It's it's creativity at work. Got to get beyond just trying to refine that self, that body or that personality or that mind. So with that said, I spent a lot of time considering what to call our next series. I took a look at where we're going to go, what we're going to do in our series. For a moment I wanted to call it the Love Series, and, and, and leading to, uh, to the love of self, love such, such a beautiful experience. And, and uh, yes, I, I, would you write this down on our to-do list? Oh, not there. And just no, your list, to-do list. Please, we need this. Uh, the book of love. The book of love. Love, first experienced here on this planet. God, Spirit didn't know a damn thing about love until you experienced it. There is this whole thing about oh, God is love. God didn't have a clue of love. How could she? when she'd never experienced it until she experienced it through you and through you. So I thought about calling it the the Love Series, but that's a little cheap. That's a little easy. Yeah, I I wanted to make it more insightful. But of course, we are going to talk about love, but not personality, not the old love of a personality saying they love someone else, because that's not love. Okay, you keep that. Book of Love. Please remind Linda. Every time you see her, give her hugs. Book of Love. So I wanted to call it the Love Series, but I thought, no, that's, that's, too, that's too easy. That's too cheap. I wanted to call it the Light Body Series, because we're going – not quite yet, huh? Yeah. We're going to call it the Light Body Series, but I thought, we're going to talk about the light body. We're going to do the light body, and, and uh, oh, while well, you say how much fun and this would be wonderful, it's going to be tough, unless you take a deep breath and you stop working at it, and you stop having expectations. You receive it naturally. Yeah. So I thought, no, I don't want to call it the light body because there's going to be strange expectations. Everybody's supposed to get beautiful and sexy and younger, and. While that may happen, that shouldn't be the re- yeah. But why not? But is that the real reason for doing it? No. No, you'd say no now, but I know the real. <laughs> yes. But we're going to be exploring the light body, and I, but I thought no, that sends out the wrong signal, and we're going to attract. Damn it, 
We're going to get back some of the people that we threw out. (laughs) No, 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 no. Don't do that. We've come far too far. So I pondered. I actually consulted with uh, some of the others in the Ascended Masters Club and said, yes, it's time for a new series with Shambhara. I'm I'm looking at several different things. I'm not even telling that uh, Kaldri yet or Linda, uh, but um, what what should I call it? And they had some suggestions, too, about it. And perhaps some of you have some suggestions. Any, Any suggestions? Oh, nobody dares, <laughs> other than Pete. Pete, what would you call it? Um, allowing. The allowing. My ascension. Allowing my ascension. Eh, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. It lacks a, a kind of a sizzle, though. You know, I, I, we're, I think we're kind of tired of allowing. Now. Ah, crap. Yeah, well, but. You said allowing earlier. Well, earlier, and then we got tired of it. Yeah. What would you call it? The journey of my enlightenment. The whole series about your journey of enlightenment? Just <laughs> yours? Were you going to spend a year talking about your journey? I don't think so. Okay. I understand what you're. The journey of my enlightenment. Yeah, you know. Or just the enlightenment. Enlightenment, yeah. Yes. Didn't we do that? Kind of boring. Or, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. No, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. This is uh, Calder's telling me I'm supposed to. Uh, there are no bad ideas. Okay. <laughs> We're getting there. What else? What, what, any other thoughts? No, it's not bad. It's just kind of, what's the, what's the next step? What's the well, – <sighs> Wait, wait, wait. Speak with the mic so people can hear. You're telling us that we're going to go through and light in ourselves are going to become a lighter body, correct? Yes. Uh, so, uh, possibly. Well, possibly. Yeah. But uh, we're not going to fly around and buzz. <laughs> just do you want to do it now? Just get it over with. Just you got a whole stage. We'll play some music. So we got some. No, no, no. We're not going to be doing that. Well, you could. You could. <laughs> not working with this channeler. <laughs> oh. oh! What was that about? Oh! Inner, inner conflict. He's trying to push me out. Oh! Ow! Wow! Oh, I'm back. I'm staying in. He's not going to push me out. Next. Next. Series. What would you call this series? Mofo. Let's get on with this shit, serious. <laughs> Is that like spicy that. enough? It's I got like a little that. zip to it, huh? I like that. Yeah, that's good. But uh, le- we got to shorten it a little bit. Uh, uh, just give me two, three words. Get her done. Get her done. Yeah, I li- yeah. We may attract the wrong kind of people on that one. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Yeah. We don't yeah. want to go backwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like our audience to have teeth, if you know what I mean. Are you done with him? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Next. Any any other ideas before I? 
I reveal. Yes, what would you call it? This is a hard act to follow around here with yeah, the yeah. Done yeah. And, yeah. Um, The initiation series. Well, initiation into what? Initiation, in, initiation into more of ourselves. Yeah, actually not bad and, and actually um, the, the, it's good, but there's a lot of initiations going on every day in the uh, New Age business. As a matter of fact, right now somebody's out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean initiating some portal that is just filled with some fish and nothing else, but <laughs> the, they think they're opening something. But what I like about it is self-initiation, which you'd think more people would be doing, but they're not. It's always initiating something else. This poor planet, if I could just for a moment get on my soapbox, this poor planet with all these light workers running around initiating everything from coconut trees to, uh, to uh, rocks in the ground and things like that. Leave Gaia alone, please. Stop initiating. All. You know what initiating is like? Crapping all over the place. And you know, they use initiating, initiation, sacred initiations and everything else, they use it as distractions, a huge distractions, so they don't have to self-initiate. Yeah, so I kind of like it. But we'd have to quantify it. Uh, initiation of anything else, only you. Anything else. But that, then every, nobody would be interested because they want to go out and initiate something. Yes. That's, Good. That makes you feel big. Yes. Next. Use your word, Keiko. Keiko. Uh, Keiko has kind of a negative connotation. It's Keiko. Uh, Keiko kind of has cultural negativity associated with it. Just the reason why I didn't want to call it uh, Keiho, because somebody, <coughs> Linda, would turn it into the Something Else Ho series. But, but I like it, and I had thought about that actually. And I actually thought about a couple of things, and if we could get our writing board up here. Um, no, the writing board. Oh, the big ugly thing? What is that? The little writing board. Come on. But how, how am I supposed to – sweet mother of Jesus, she's writing on uh, – oh, I can't wait to tell the Ascended Masters about this. I'm in heaven. Look what we, what we have here. What a device. What a tool. Uh, could we show it? Take it to John. So I thought about calling it the Keiko series, uh, and I'm going to give Linda the correct uh, spelling for Keiko in a moment. And it was very, very close to calling it that, because this year – and matter of fact, you're, you're absolutely on the right track – this year is going to be about that passion, not false passions, not old uh, trying to dig up something that turns you on a little bit kind of passions, but I'm talking about fiery, flamey, beautiful, consuming, transforming, amazing passions. That thing that's always been at the surface, but you haven't, you haven't allowed it to come up, uh, that overrides the personality, the, the, that overrides uh, the, the trying to develop your personality. <laughs> I, 
I think I want my writing board. My writing board. The first words written on this new device I was going to tell the Ascended Masters about tonight, and you know what they'd say? Well, what, what wonderful technology. What was written on it? Let's go to the erase mode. Keiko, spelled K-A-I-K-H-O. I, I talked last time about it, the word Keiko, that inner passion being spelled either with a K-O or H-O. But let's make up a word. Why not? Matter of fact, words are some of the easiest things to create. Just make up your own word, although it does have its roots in meaning a true inner passion. So I thought about calling it the Keiko series, because uh, we are going to be dealing with a passion. That passion, that fire is going to come up and gracefully consume your personality and not build a better personality uh, on top of the old personality. It's going to gracefully consume, Paul, everything that you knew Paul to be. And when I say consume, not destroy, and it's not going to well, I was going to say it's not going to kill you. I don't think it will, but <laughs> it'll consume everything that Paul was, uh, and including your name, uh, Paul, because it's really not your name. It's going to consume in a very beautiful, graceful way your thoughts. When I said before, look at who you think you are. Look in the mirror. Your uh, your composition of some biology and thoughts that aren't really yours to begin with. That's why it's been so difficult. The closer we uh, get to the core, and the more we come through the spiritual puberty, actually the more difficult it is, because the real authentic is there. It's in there, but it's been trapped. It's been trapped just as Keiko has been. The real I am has been trapped. And there's been all sorts of accoutrements and put around it, and all sorts of activations, and all this other stuff. It's not yours. And it feels naked at first uh, when, when Keiko starts to consume it. It feels naked because there's going to be that desire to rebuild, the desire to re-identify yourself. And there will be a period of time, approximately 21 days, of feeling so unconnected. But unlike times in the past where it's been miserable, actually it'll be very freeing. A little bit scary, but generally very freeing. It's probably going to happen within this next year. Twenty-one days of feeling that you're nothing anymore, that it's gone, that it's history. During that time of which your soul will take every detail, every thought, every experience, and as we talk about in Kihak, going to strip the details away because they're meaningless, going to strip the emotions away because they're false and going to distill it into the wisdom. And then in this next year, we'll learn to really let that wisdom come out, because it's not coming out right now. It's like somewhere else. It's like kind of buried. Very, very little time of bringing through the wisdom. But that's something actually Sam has learned how to do. He's bypassed all this other stuff. He's going straight for the wisdom. And that's why, first of all, he seems to Everything seems to just be working out for him, to the point where other people are getting jealous. He just can do things, and he's not very smart. And if they ask him uh, you know, for world history or mathematics or anything like that, he doesn't know, and he doesn't really care, and he doesn't have to care. 
He taps into the wisdom, that, that genuine wisdom within, within. So I thought about calling it the Keiko series uh, very seriously. Then I took a lot of deep breaths and said, but what's the essence? What are we really trying to do here? And then it struck me. Ready? To write on the next page. It struck me. And what this is about with Keiko and with love of self and with allowing and releasing and everything else we're doing with coming into the light body, this is about a very important word charisma. Charisma. And I like to call this the Charisma series. Yeah. And charisma comes from, but we're going to spell it with a K. You can go ahead and write. No, write it like that first, Linda, and then underneath write it with a K instead of a C. Charisma comes from the Greek word charis. Charis meaning to give in grace. Give in grace. Graceful giving. When you really come to it, there's, by the way, there's a kind of in, in the English definition of charisma, oftentimes it's you think of a charismatic person. And part of that is true. There, there is something called charisma. They, they don't know where it is. They can't seem to extract it. They can't turn it into a chemical formula. I'm sure after this afternoon somebody's going to come up with charisma pills uh, just <laughs> designed just for Chambra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I will. <laughs> but charisma, what, what is it? Well, you say it's a person who has um, a certain radiance, I guess, a certain personality, uh, political figures who have charisma, using the standard definition, uh, can, can attract people. You've all met charismatic people. You're in their presence, and there's just something, well, charismatic about them. But here we're go- it's going to be a little bit different. It's not just about uh, a shiny, happy personality. The charisma the, the, is the grace from within. The charisma is that natural, really authentic you, sans the personality that's not you, coming forth. It's the real you. It's the I am in expression. Now, there's going to be a tendency to run out of here and say, I'm going to go develop my charisma. I'm going to go get in touch. I'm going to act uh, – this is what we should do – charisma activation sessions. I'm going to activate my charisma. Where's that water to throw, the bucket to throw? No. No. Charisma, it, it, it's there. It's already within you. It's already inside, just ready to come out. It's the authentic you, the one you keep asking yourself, about. You keep saying, well, am I being authentic? Well, no, actually you weren't. So back away so that your authenticity can come out, so that the real you can come out. You, Brother John, I'll pick on you since you gave me that big smile. Such, such um, an interesting personality development. But I look at you – I mean, I look at who you think you are, and I, la- I have to laugh a little, smile. It's not you, and you know that, and you struggle with it, just like all of you do, but I'm, I'm picking on Brother John here. And you say, but I have to keep working on myself, developing myself, making myself better, and then going out and searching for myself. Well, 
make me throw up. Not anymore. You don't need to do any of those. You don't need to do anything, John, uh, and ex-John, <laughs> former John. You don't need to do anything other than let that charisma come out. It's already there. You don't need to activate it. You don't have to water it. You don't have to do anything to it. And that's going to be the challenge. You're going to want to do something. You're going to say, your personality is going to say, well, shit, I've got to do something with my charisma. I, I, I need to develop it. I have to breathe into it. No, nothing other than letting it come through. So allowing was correct. It's the allowing series as well, but it's one of the things you do. Charisma is that what you would call that light within you. But I don't even want to call it a light. Uh, charisma is the I am in expression. And once you dust away, clear away all those other things, ancestral biology and, and personality that's not yours, I, I cannot stress this enough. Your identification, your personality is not really you. It's really been cobbled together with a lot of bricks that have come from foreign lands and cobbled together uh, in some haphazard, interesting way – I guess you could say kind of creative, artistic way – but you're tired of it now, and I know that, and you know that. We all know that. Well, most of us know that. Charisma is the natural self coming forth. The interesting thing about a charisma, it's already there if you just let it come out. You're not going to be able to identify its attributes, its, uh, all the different things. Did I not psychically send out a message for some coffee with cream? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> but in the meantime, I need you to write. No, no, get them. No. Dear Linda, you could assign it to someone. <clears throat> so, charisma. The important thing about charisma, and I, I'm a bit reluctant to even mention this because it's going to set up some expectations, and then we're going to forget about charisma, and then I'm going to have to do a charisma butt kicking session next time. <laughs> charisma is the yeah, charisma is the true attractant. The true attractant. There are books that have been written about law of attraction. Um, interesting, going in the right direction, but they tend to be very mental. Everybody starts thinking about what they want. It doesn't work. It's not very effective. And then they get all depressed, and then they, they feel bad about themselves, and then they identify with themselves. I'm not very effective at attracting things, but nobody likes me, and that's why, and I can't attract anything. No. You're just not really being very genuine about it. You're, you're being very mental about it. Mental has little or no keiko, fire, passion. Uh, it's not authentic. Every time you think a thought, most of it really isn't yours, 90, 95 percent of it. When you think about something, it's not even yours, but yet you pretend it is. You act like it is. You act out like it is. It's not. So we're going to. We're going to strip all that and get down to what is yours. Your charisma doesn't mean you need to go out and be an extrovert. doesn't mean you need to go walk down the street shaking everybody's hand, telling jokes in the grocery store. No, you look like an idiot if you do that. 
Charisma is a natural attractant. It attracts energy naturally. It attracts people. Actually, it's interesting because Sam is not much of a talker, doesn't say a lot of words, but doesn't need to. The words he says are clear, and uh, he speaks them from himself, so he doesn't mumble them down here. When Sam speaks, there are a few words, but they're clear, and everybody listens. They're not just listening to the sound waves coming from his mouth. They're feeling his charisma, and he has a lot of it. Now, people will say, well, he's charismatic or he's attractive because he's physically attractive or because he's, um, there's just something about him. He has a nice smile or nice eyes, but they're just trying to justify because they don't know how to identify, they don't know how to talk about this charisma, so they have to think of other things. He's charismatic because he's letting himself come out. Not all these other thoughts, and he's not polluted himself with a bunch of things that aren't his. In his biological puberty, he also went through the, the uh, spiritual puberty of himself. He's got tons of charisma. Charisma, if you uh, get down to the real definition, it is the gift of grace that one gives to themselves first, and it's naturally given to others. Charisma is the authentic. It's the, it's the I am. It doesn't need personality. It doesn't need to identify itself. It doesn't need any – charisma does not need plans and programs and goals. It doesn't. The human needs goals just to occupy themselves and to make themselves feel better about achieving a goal. The charisma doesn't need that. The charisma is you. And I know these are words right now that I'm speaking. They're just words, but I'm going to ask you now to feel into it and this little ah, – it's a bit of a mirab, but it's more like just 10, 15 minutes to feel into your charisma. So if we get the music ready – don't start it until I give the cue – take a good deep breath. <coughs> and the lights down, please. You've been searching for something for a long time, something that you knew was there but didn't know how to get to. It's been covered up with thoughts that aren't really yours, carried in a body that's not yours. Let's take a good deep breath, and I ask you to feel into this thing called charisma. Now, not think into it, but let it come forth. Not go out to find it, but to realize a charisma is already there. Not to identify it even with your name. It's not Tammy's charisma. It's not John's charisma, Stefan's charisma. It is your charisma. It's not part of building the personality. It's not part of building the personality. It's not. Another brick in the wall. That's what's been behind the brick wall. There's nothing you need to do with it. You don't need to activate it. You're not going to weave it into 
the stories of your life. The charisma, the grace within, the gift of grace. It's the authentic part of you, a part of you that just wanted to be felt. So take a good deep breath and bring the lights down. <laughs> Thank you. And music up. Natural state of I am is charisma. It flows on its own, my friends. There's no controlling it. There's no putting it in neat little boxes. Expression. The charisma naturally never feels unsafe. Personality, your personality has felt unsafe many times. The charisma is never unsafe. It's not trying to protect a body or an identity. So how could it be unsafe? Charisma is like a radiance. It's not in the mind at all. If you're trying to think about your charisma, it's going to be a little confusing. The mind can't understand it. And if your personality manager is trying to figure it out, it's not going to be able to. Never become part of your personality, ever. It kind of frustrates your personality manager because it likes to take things in and manage them, make it part of the personality entourage. Charisma has no aspects, nor will it le ever let itself have aspects. Charisma doesn't care about things spiritual, financial, any of that. Charisma floats, soars, expands, dances. Suffers no details. It suffers no past. It suffers no philosophy. 
no tolerance for things that are not authentic. Cannot be trapped nor controlled nor worked on nor wounded. best and perhaps only friend is Keiko. Keiko lives right next door to Charisma. They share many a song together. They understand each other because they're both undefined structured and uninhibited charisma keiko passion clarity and a grace Charisma is not anything that you can manufacture. You can't improve ever. So I ask you not to try. Do not try to improve it. Make it bigger. Because that's just a very unauthentic personality playing its game of Machio. Charisma is the heart of hearts. genuine self. So please give up before you ever even think of trying to dominate it, manage it, tool it, or fool it. asked the question for a long time now, am I being real? Am I being authentic? No. If you take a deep breath for a moment, stop trying to manage everything within yourself. Stop trying to divert the natural waters natural energies and just let this your charisma shine through come above everything you've identified yourself with up to now every thought every personality trait every failure and every accomplishment Charisma rise to the surface and come above. You start to realize 
And it was truly in vain to try to develop this personality and then refine it and try to make it immortal, crossing even from one lifetime to another, perhaps with a different body, but try to do it with a personality. As you feel into charisma, your charisma, you realize it was truly in vain. You didn't need to. How much energy was put forth? Put forth to protect, to mold, to defend something that you damn well know is not really you. This charisma, if you leave it alone, if you don't try to just weave it into your current personality, if you just leave yourself to be free, you start to understand who you really are. Charisma is the free personality. Free I am. You start to realize that this charisma doesn't take work. You're so used to working at everything. This doesn't take work. This doesn't take time either. You're used to things unfolding over time. You even say to me, "Let's get on with it." Okay. Here it is. It's your charisma, Keiko. Charisma, the passion, the passion of the I am grace. Now, can you let it come through? Can you let this be who you really are? It's a feeling, my friends. It's not a thought. It's a feeling. It's a knowingness. It's like taking a clean rag and some window cleaner and cleaning off all those that dust, the old accumulations, so that you can let this charisma shine through. It will take you to places. Your mind, your personality, could not have imagined. So don't try to. Don't try to control it or manipulate it. It will attract things to you that you couldn't have imagined before. Charisma is the true magnet. Yes, it's a it's a magnet. Talked about the law of attraction and why I'm not particularly a big fan of it because it's mental. It doesn't involve keiko, passion. It comes from the mind. It's limited. But this, your charisma, 
It's the attractant, the magnet, the magnetism. And it brings things to you, not because you think it, not because you struggle or stress for it, not because you mentally focus on it. It brings it so naturally. Such ease and grace. That it'd be a bit of a shock at first. It'll bring people. It'll bring opportunities. It will bring angelic beings. It will bring beings of the earth, the divas, the fairies. It brings these things in grace, not by force, but in grace, in goodness. It brings energy. Because you're finally being authentic. You're finally letting yourself be free. Take a good deep breath. For this is the Charisma series with a K. Good deep breath, and once again, just feel into that charisma. Feel what it's like to. Let it flow through your body, openly, freely. Ah, I see some of you trying to control it. Go openly, freely. Don't do mental thoughts, making it going to healing certain places in your body. See, suddenly you're managing again. Step out of the way. Let that charisma, the grace of the soul, let it come into your thoughts. Your thoughts are tough old bastards, but let that charisma just flow right in. Oh, they are the crusty old sailors.、Uh, that's what they're like. Been out to sea for far too long. Let the charisma, your charisma. This isn't some universal oneness energy. This is yours. Let that come into your thoughts. In your mind. Now, if you can let it into your mind, you're you're doing well because, see,、so、you've set up that mind to be such a fortress. I'm gonna let in all these. Foreign things, although you really do. <laughs> you take a deep breath and feel what it's like for a moment. Your charisma, your your authenticity, coming right into your thoughts. Kind of like oil and water, isn't it? <laughs> Charisma has a wonderful way, though, of flushing away the debris, cleaning the pipes, as it were. If you just let it, if you don't force it, it is about allowing. Feel what it's like for a moment as the as charisma just flows right into your thoughts. I can almost see this. 
great stage play. You thought saying, "Hi, I'm I'm the thoughts. You must be charisma. Welcome. I own this place. I created this place. You're welcome here as long as you do what I say, as long as you enhance me, make me look better." Yes, because uh, you're just charisma. I'm I'm the personality here. Your charisma <laughs> spits on the floor. It will not. It cannot. Controlled or manipulated, or has some jackass tell it what to do. Take a good deep breath, dear friends. Good deep breath into charisma. Charisma, light body, all these wonderful things. Love. Everything else we'll be covering this year, but at the core is the charisma. Now, I want to make one point before we end the day. You're used to the word charisma meaning charming, kind of,、um, maybe even a little sexy,、um, <coughs> an unknown personality characteristic that you just、uh, you just can't resist. This goes far beyond that. This is your essence. Again, go to the root of the word that the Greeks、uh, used when they came up with it. It means the gift of grace.、Uh, what they really meant by it was gracing yourself, gracing yourself, and then you will naturally grace others. It's not done for the intent of gracing others. Not done for the intent of. People being naturally attracted to you because you're charismatic. However, there is a very potent natural attractant. Naturally attracts energies and people and all these other things. It just brings it to you. That's why charismatic people they they have a bit of this quality. You just can't. People want to be around. Energy wants to be around. Butterflies want to be around. People that are charismatic. But this isn't something that we're、uh, we're artificially manufacturing. This is bringing up something very real within yourself. So, what to expect? Well, as I mentioned, there'll be a period of about 21 days, and now, or maybe later on in the year, where there's going to be a feeling that you've come to the edge, the edge of your personality. You've come to the big abyss、uh, once again, but.、Uh, This abyss isn't going to be scary. It's not going to hurt.、Uh, it, it'll frighten you to a degree, but you come to this next point, and it's about more than anything is revealing the、um, deception of the personality, revealing what is not so true,、uh, and then revealing also you're revealing to yourself. Revealing how you've tried and worked so hard to make it true and make it right and make yourself right,、uh, but yet it wasn't. It wasn't really you. And then allowing in this stream of charisma, it—I'm going to say replaces—but it consumes, it envelops what you used to call your personality, yourself. You. Are not going to really be able to、uh, quantify it right away. 
It's going to be, it's, it's a feeling, it's an experience. We're not going to go through uh, the five or ten steps or whatever are involved in it. Just like we're not going to go through the various steps of integrating the various levels of the light body. Are there various levels? Kind of. Uh, but it's not important. These levels of the light body or of the, integra- of the uh, charisma, we could go through and scientifically dissect them and saying there's 18 points or attributes of the charisma, which there are, uh, but let's just allow it. Same with the light body. Let's say there's all these different levels, and we can scientifically quantify them and talk about what they're doing at the various levels, but why? It's just going to distract you. We're just going to take a deep breath and allow. A funny thing is, that you're already there. Funny thing is, you already arrived there. As Tobias said so often, you already ascended. Now you're just going through what it was like to get there. So please don't forget that it's already done. It's already done. So stop working so hard at it. Just take a deep breath and realize that all is well in all of creation. Thank you, dear friends. Thank you. Thanks. So with that, with that interesting information, I, I invite each of us to just take one minute more, just, just for a moment, take a good deep breath and allow yourself to integrate what this charisma is meaning to you. What this grace, allowing grace, breathe that in, and what does that feel to you? Stay with what you're feeling right now for a moment. Just keep breathing that for a moment and allowing it. Really allow it for a moment. Breathe and stay with allowing, allowing this grace into you. Just breathe. Breathe with clarity, taking the good deep breath. So I invite you also, as we come to an end of this session, but really just the beginning, to just be with all that you are and allow it. I'd like to thank Jeffrey Hoppe for channeling Adamus Saint-Germain. I'd like to thank all of you for listening in, listening to the Crimson Circle Show. Whether you're doing it, watching it, or listening to it at crimsoncircle.com, theawakeningzone.com, listening, or if you're listening in from Blog Talk Radio. We're so glad that you could join us here. I'd also like to remind you that we won't be here next month, that we're taking a break off from our regular schedule. So come back and join us the first Saturday of October. So with that, thank you for being here with us. Thank you all.